Friday, and it's a very special show. We turn five months old. Mm-mm-mm. What a what a, 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 a incredible achievement! I'm incredibly uh, proud of of everyone uh, who's been involved here at Amstem Lab. And you know what? To my credit. <sighs> I'll give myself some credit. I usually don't, and I hate giving myself credit because I don't think I deserve a lot of credit for this. I think the credit goes to the people behind the scenes that make Amsterdam Lab happen. People like Natasha. People like Marius. So the credit goes to you guys. Honestly, without you guys, uh, this would never have happened. And uh, I'm incredibly proud of, of the work that you guys have put in. Despite all of our challenges, despite me being very difficult and being an absolute bitch to work with, <laughs> we've done it. We, we've made it to five months. I think that's a great achievement. And I'm so, I'm so proud and, and I couldn't have asked for better people to to have started this and to have worked with and be working with. Uh, Natasha's not here. Uh, she actually messaged me a few minutes before the show started uh, to say that uh, one of her one of her sons is uh, has, has a really runny nose and isn't feeling well. So I said, look, you know what? It's fine. Uh, I'm not one of those bosses. You know, I understand she's got a lot on her plates. She's doing all kinds of things at the moment. Aside from that, she's also, you know, having to look after kids. So she's got her hands full. And what I don't want is for her to come on the show and not really not really give her best. Because I know Natasha always gives her best when she's on the show. She always gives 100, not even 100, 120%. So it's I, I'd prefer if... Uh, you know, if she obviously her her family always comes first, so her family she needs to cater to her family, and maybe on Monday, who knows? Natasha's really busy now, and I I, I said this to Marius. I was chatting to Marius uh, uh, before the show started. He's also busy. Uh, he's having meetings with rugby clubs here in the Netherlands, so lots going on here with my team. You know, they're not just a uh, part of Amsterdam Lab. They also moving on to bigger and bigger and better things. And I encourage them to do that. You know, it's gonna take a while before, you know, we we get as we get as as big as as as, you know, Howard Stern or Joe Rogan. It's gonna take a long time. So and I don't want to tie them down to to this. I want them to be free to do what, you know, to what to do what they want to do and move on to you know bigger and bigger projects. So maybe Monday we'll chat to them. Um, but that doesn't mean we're not going to have a, a terrible show. <laughs> uh, tonight we are going to be chatting to a wonderful a wonderful uh, lady uh, by the name of Kay Holland. Now uh, me and her go back quite a few years. Um, She's a freelance journalist in, in London. And uh, it'd be interesting to to find out, you know, just how things are at the moment, you know, with COVID and, and 
lockdown and all of that. And just being a freelance journalist in general. I mean, that's to, to be a journalist itself is difficult, but putting, putting a title of freelance journalist is, you know, comes with some, some added pressure and some, you know, some challenges. So we're going to be chatting to her find out just exactly what she's been doing and how she's been keeping herself company and occupied um, uh, during this this, uh, this lockdown period. So it's going to be a very, very jam-packed show. Uh, I, had, I had such a, a really, really good day. Uh, I went to Swapfits and I booked an appointment because I was in the area and I booked an appointment Anyway, I I didn't know that I was basically right there. Because you know, they've got various um various stores across Amsterdam. So I booked the appointment and I was like an hour early. So anyway, I went there and I said and one of the one of the the staff members came out and said, Hi, I do you have an appointment? So I said, Yes, but I'm incredibly early. I'm I mean I'm an hour early. So she said, oh, don't worry about that. Please, you know, come inside. Uh, bring your bike in as well so we can, you know, have a look. So, you know, she says, what seems to be the problem, sir? So I said, well, look, you know, I need a new, um, I need a new pedal because the wind here yesterday, the wind was terrible yesterday. And, it, you know, my bike, my bike uh, fell over. And because it the, the wind was so was so strong, it it completely uh, almost bent my my pedal, and my pedal's like metal, right? So it takes quite some 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 force to break to to break it or even bend it. So I said, look, that, that that's the case. So I, I just need a replacement pedal. So she said, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And then she's having a look at my bike and, you know, she says, oh, I can see your, your back, your back tire looks a bit, um, it, it looks like it's shaking. Now, I didn't know this because I use my bike every day. And it's the same as if you have a car. You know, when you go to your, when you go to your, your yearly checkup, you know, they always do the, the, the spot checks and they're usually good. Um, the people that do the spot checks and they tell you stuff that you didn't even know you you had with your car because you drive it every day you just get accustomed to these these problems so I said oh really and she says yes uh, have you not noticed when you brake you know you you it takes a little bit more effort to brake and you sometimes maybe you you brake uh, sideways and I said actually yes I did realize that I was you know approaching a traffic light and um I did actually realize this. So she says, well, look, there's nothing we can do about this. But, um, and this is what I love about, uh, this is what I love about this kind of, um, swap, about what, what this company does, right? Now, anyway, she had all my details up on this, on this iPad. And um, she said, oh, well, look, I see that you've, but you've you've been a subscriber to us. You've been a member of us for almost a year now. Um, you know, look, we can give you two options. We can either give you the same bike, but a bre- you know a a fixed one, or we can give you a a, a sort of an upgrade. 
you know. And I'm very scared of up, of upgrades because, you know, of the UK, especially with phone contracts. You know, I don't know how they get your number and I don't know how they get my number, but it, especially when your phone contract ends in the UK, you get all these other phone networks phoning you, you know, like uh, 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 O2 and uh, EE, which is basically T-Mobile and Orange uh, joined together. Uh, and some other networks, and they phone you and say, "Hi, sir. Uh, we believe that your your phone contract's coming to an end. You know, how has your service been? You know, you know, I, you know, do you know with uh, with O2, we, you'll never have any bad connection or you know, all that sales bullshit that I'm just not interested in. So I'm always very scared when people say an upgrade. So I I said, okay, well, 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 how much? You know, how much? Of, are we talking about? So she says ninety nine per month. So I said no, no, it's it's <laughs> it's fine. I'll 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 stick with a a repaired version of my bike. So she said, oh, "Are you sure, sir?" So I said, "What did you say? Did you say nineteen or ninety nine?" So she says ninety nine. So I'm thinking now. Obviously, I I. I took the upgrade because I always wanted that bike that they have. And I said, hang on, one nine? So are you talking before 20 or 100? So she says before 20. So I said, oh, fuck's sakes. Right. Okay, yes, yeah, so, well, of course. Oh, man, this bicycle, I'll tell you, this bicycle is, is uh, terrific. It's got a, it's got gears. It's got, um, it's got everything that uh, that I d didn't even expect to have on this bike. It's got seven gears, right? And uh, it even the handlebars, because you know, I I on my bike I had the the traditional handlebars. So it's if you've ever owned a Dutch bicycle, you'll know what I'm talking about. So the handlebars are kind of on the side, if that makes sense. Whereas on this bike I have, it's more modern, if I can use a better term. So, you know, the, the handlebars are in the front. It's like a proper, like a normal bicycle. Oh, man, it is, it is uh, so good. And you know when you've been driving a new car, an old car, and, you know, as I say, you get used to everything. Um, so now I'm, I'm, I've got my new bike, and I'm, you know, riding. I'm. I've just left the store and I'm riding. And you know, I got it. You, you have to get used to. Uh, you have to get used to every how everything works. So it took me a few minutes just to adjust myself. But mm, I am so happy. I gave myself an early birthday present. Mm, mm, mm. I'm so happy. I'm. 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 I'm happy with the with the service that I got. I'm happy with the bike that I got. Mm. I, I love it. I absolutely love this this uh, this this bike that I got and this and the service and, um, it's just, yeah. If you if you're in the Netherlands, I recommend Swapfits. They are terrific. Everything that anything that breaks on your bike, they fix free of charge. Obviously, there's certain things that you need to pay for, like. <sighs> If you lose your key, like I did, you have to pay for a replacement. 
or I think if your lock breaks on your bike, you pay for a replacement. But everything else is free. So if you need a new, in my case, if you need a new pedal or if you need a new tire or whatever, it's all free. Or if you want just a, 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 a if you just want a checkup, you know, a like a, a cleanup of your bike, they do all of that for free. It's a, it's, it's something I, I, I enjoy. It's a service I enjoy a lot. And uh, I, I, I'm thoroughly chuffed. I'm like a kid on, 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 on Christmas. I am, uh, I'm so happy with, uh, with that. I, honestly, and I wasn't even expecting it. I think that's what made it even better was uh, I wasn't expecting to get a new bicycle. So uh, thanks to the guys at uh, at Swapfits for uh, sorting me out today. I think maybe they maybe they uh, maybe they heard the um, maybe they heard the uh, the the podcast from the from the previous day because um, I did mention when was it on Tuesday? I mentioned that uh, I don't need drugs because uh, I uh, I can ride a bicycle better than Lance Armstrong. So maybe they were listening to the podcast and. You know, they they made all their their staff aware that I could be going to one of their stores. Who knows? But look, I, I it's a terrific uh, concept that they have, and um, I'm really I'm really really happy that um, it got sorted. It got sorted just like that, and that's what I love about service like that. It, I didn't have to wait nothing, just like that. Anyway, enough about me blabbering on about my new bike that I got. <laughs> I want to talk to a very, very special guest that we have um, on the show this evening, and um, I'm I'm delighted to to finally have her on my on my show because we've been we've been planning uh, to have to interview each other on each other's shows. Um, uh, uh, she was supposed to interview me i was supposed to interview her when i was still on radio and um i was supposed to interview her in studio but obviously because of corona and the pandemic that wasn't possible so i'm delighted to uh, to finally have her on the phone all the way from london good evening kay Hello. how are Thank you? you having me we we did it we made it eventually. i know it's, it's such an achievement and in the middle of a pandemic. Who would have thought, huh? Who would have thought? Absolutely. Well, good good to finally uh, finally get to speak, I suppose. Indeed. Now, I just want to give the guests a, a, quick, uh, a quick rundown of just who exactly you are, and then we'll get into some, some questions. Now, uh, born in, in Watford. Now, it's a town labelled by Lonely Planet as the kind of place that makes you want to travel. Now, after and being kind, yes. Well, I've actually been to Watford before. I used to date a girl who lived in Watford, so I, I kind of know that. Uh, that I know the area. I know the area, and I know what they're saying by that. Okay. <laughs> and uh, after graduating from King's College in London, uh, she embarked on a postgraduate journalism course. Now, once her journalism course had finished, the BBC beckoned, and she worked for BBC Sports Online. BBC News Online, and the legendary ki- and the leg- legendary children's TV program News Round, uh, before uh, 
uh, before leaving to take up the role of features editor at Lifestyle Magazine called Fresh Direction. However, Kay's biggest passion is international travel, uh, where most of her free time and disposable cash are spent because, listen to this, she truly believes that travel is the best education anyone can have. Mm-hmm, indeed. Similar to you, I think, Wade, no? I, I think so. I mean, I've, I've, I was actually having a conversation with um, uh, some other young people within my age uh, the other day, and I was saying to them, you know, wherever I do, whenever and wherever I do go traveling, I always, <clears throat> I always make the, the effort to learn certain words from that country. Because right. I think a bit it, the vocab, the lingo. Exactly, because I think you know it shows that you are willing to make the effort. You know, so I always learn to you know how do you say thank you and how do you say hello and goodbye? Just the basics. I mean, I I, I would love to order a coffee in that language, but I think uh, I'll learn the basics. But just you know, it shows that I'm making an effort. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I've got a quick question. I know tell you me. want to. No, please you. tell me. Fire away. Obviously, you moved. I mean, it's very interesting. You made the move from the UK, London to Amsterdam mm-hmm. during this last year, right? Mm-hmm. So, how did that come about? And how is your how is your Dutch? Um, well, actually, um, a lot of people don't believe me. In fact, a lot of people find this funny, but it's actually true because you see, I'm I'm such a hopeless romantic. Um, I actually, uh, I, I was talking with a girl, a Dutch girl. Oh. Right, there's a pattern here. So yeah. you go out to Watford because you're dating a girl in Watford. If you move to Amsterdam for a Dutch girl, a Dutch girl, oh. and uh, I, I packed everything up. Look, I was I was meant to leave anyway, but uh, she just gave me the extra encouragement that I needed oh. to oh. to leave. Anyway, um, I, it turns out she doesn't like surprises because I uh, I, I wanted to surprise her, and um, yeah, that wasn't the case. So. Um, <laughs> You mean you, you? She didn't know you were going to move to Amsterdam. Yes, uh, because you see, such a, that's such a big romantic gesture. I love it. You see, the thing is, because look, I I know girls. When the moment you you want to be romantic and do stuff like I did, no, no, please, please don't, please don't come here, please. Oh no, please don't buy this for me. Don't buy anything for me. I know how you females work. Uh, that's why I. That's why I kept quiet about it because I thought I'll be like this. Um, this 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 romantic guy and uh, you know I didn't I didn't tell her anything and uh, I I did everything myself I arranged accommodation and all of that oh bless oh oh wait I'm just going to be crying in a minute so you did this amazing surprise well and just well received yeah well clearly like as I say she clearly doesn't like surprises but anyway look you know we're still good friends I think good. At, least we, at least we got something out of that um yeah so what, yeah what, Meant to be won't pass you by the. Well, exactly, and look. To be honest with you, Kay, I I'm far too busy with with Amsterdam Lab. So I think any girl that does come across my path, I wouldn't yeah. be able to give them the the attention and love that they deserve to have. And I think that would yeah. be incredibly it's unfair your of me. In your passion and your yeah, I understand. Yeah, and as I said yesterday, uh, or the day before yesterday, you know, we've turned five months old today. And Congratulations. Yeah, I know. And uh, the, this is the longest I've ever been committed to anything, and I include all the women I've dated. 
Right. So. You like your commitment probe then. Fantastic. <laughs> Five months. That's good. That's great. I know. I look, I, I'm even, I'm even giving myself a bit of a, a pat on the back, which I never do because I'm so hard on myself. No, we've all got to pat ourselves on the back at the moment to be doing something like that, following your passions, have started and created something in the toughest times possibly ever. Deserves a, not a pat, you know what? That's a round of applause from London. <laughs> there you go. And uh, my Dutch, my, uh, my Dutch is non-existent because everyone oh. speaks English here. Yeah, but as you just said, you'll correct that, and you will learn a few bit of a bit of Dutch. Yeah, I mean, the th and the thing is, look, you know, having come from South Africa, it it is. I, I do find it very stereotypical because a lot of Dutch people think, oh, well, you're from South Africa, and then all of, all of a sudden they speak Dutch to you, and it's like, yeah. I don't understand what you're saying, because you see, the problem with me is I grew up like my sisters and my parents speak Afrikaans, but growing up. Um, especially in my time in South Africa with the whole dispensation and Nelson Mandela and all of that, uh, yeah. Afrikaans wasn't seen as a important uh, language as it was previously. So Right, so it wasn't a priority at school or anything no. when you growing up, right? None at all. So, um, so when we did learn Afrikaans in school, it was more like learning French or Spanish, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I understand. So yeah, I grew up speaking English. Um, you know, look, I I wish maybe I do maybe I should have paid more attention. But look, I never knew I was going to be here when I was in school. So. You know exactly, exactly. So tell me, how's things in London? I see, uh, I see uh, the COVID numbers are declining, which is terrific news in London. Um, I was going to yeah. say that uh, London is setting the example, but obviously, you know, with recent news, it you know it does have its challenges and problems. Challenges. Um, yeah, it depends, isn't it? Every, yeah, it, it's a strict lockdown. Um, I don't actually know what it's like in the Netherlands. What's oh, your lockdown? Well, well, you see, in the beginning, we actually had a, a terrific lockdown. It was the same as Sweden. Oh, okay, so quite liberal. Yes, and then, yeah, a lot of people who, who love wearing masks started protesting and said, no, we need to wear masks, and so now that's mandatory. And also we've got a curfew now, so at the moment... Well, wow. I say at the moment, we've got half an hour until the curfew kicks in. So we can't go to the shops or anything like that. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. We've got no curfew, but I mean, all I see at the moment is my flat in the supermarket. And it's been <laughs> like this for months. And But the end is in sight. The figures are coming down. We're doing a fabulous job with the vaccination program. Yes. So there, is, there is finally, finally light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. And look, I never thought I'd say this, but finally something... I could, uh, I can praise the Tory government for at least they're getting exactly. something right. Exactly. Wow. So let me let me let me start by you know why 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 you got into journalism or what where did this passion come from? Do you know what I think it was just always a calling in the same way that some kids know they want to be a doctor or they want to be a teacher. Um, I mean, have you always wanted to be in radio? Did you know that? Um, to a degree, yeah. I, I think when I was little, I, I wanted to be, I actually, I think I wanted to be a cricket player. Um, but un unfortunately, you know, with the way how things work back home with politics, yeah. uh, I strongly disagree that uh, politics and sports should ever mix. Um, yes. So I had to, you know, give that up. But, you know, I'm 
And then I thought, well, what else do I like? And, well, I enjoy making an absolute ass of myself. So I thought, <laughs> well, let me try radio. Let me and try radio. Yeah. And you like chatting and it come, all comes together. Yeah. Well, I think, I think from a journalist's point of view, and certainly a lot of my colleagues and friends in journalism, it was all a calling. It wasn't why did we want to go into journalism. It just came to us. You know, I started a school magazine when I was 11. Um, I was very much involved in student journalism. I was banging on the door of a local paper, Watford Observer, when I was 15, asking for work experience. I've always loved writing, always just known I wanted to be in journalism. So you're, you're kind of very similar to me in regards to, you know, when you when you have a passion for something, you will knock on all the doors and all the avenues. And I say this because uh, because you mentioned you, you started a magazine when you were 11 years old. Yes. Now, I started uh, before I moved to the UK when I was 15, I think. Yeah. Okay. Right, 15, right. I, I started my own radio station in my parents' house. Obviously, no one could hear me apart from my parents. But, um, it, uh, yeah, it was something I took very seriously. And um, it was something my parents could never understand because they could never get me up for school in the morning. And I, I used to host what they, what they call weekend breakfast. So I used to wake up at like 6 o'clock in the morning because the breakfast show started at 8 o'clock. And they could mm-hmm. never understand, you know. In the beginning, they couldn't understand, but... You know, when they started realizing, okay, this guy really has a passion for this, they sort of, you know. Got behind you and encouraged it, yeah. 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 So, yes, very similar thing. It was just always something I wanted to do. So it was very easy for me in that, you know, my brother, for example, is a year younger than me. He never knew what he wanted to do. Um, He never knew what subjects he carried on at school after GCSEs and didn't know what subjects to take. It wasn't very obvious for him, um, which is great in many ways, but I always knew this was the path I was going to go on and then what I had to do to follow that path. So, yeah, it was just a bit of a calling. That, that is, honestly, that is terrific. And, and, and it's not, I'm sure you did have a plan B if it didn't work, if it, if it never worked yeah. out, but you obviously you made sure it was going to work. I tried my best and as you a bit like you said you started in cricket and radio I tried my best and I knew the I knew the kind of areas I'd probably end up in otherwise for sure and, and you know to be honest with you today when everyone has to have kind of so many different jobs in a way particularly these covid times mm-hmm. I've got lots of side hustles so I kind of channel the energy um into those as side hustles the other kind of things I'm interested in yes uh, and we'll, we'll we'll get onto that uh, a little bit later um, now tell me what are the, what, what are the, the challenges if there are any, um, at being a female journalist, because obviously, you know, you having, you, you know, you're having to deal with a pred, a, a predominantly male dominated industry. Um, so what are the challenges of, of being a female journalist? Not to mention also, um, you know, you're also freelance, which makes it even more difficult. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest challenges, um, which is being rectified now, one of the biggest challenges for women is equal pay, unbelievably. I mean, everyone sees over the headlines, the stories of the BBC with male presenters, male writers, 
all getting paid a lot more than female. Uh, I, was at, I was at the Telegraph Media Group. I was doing maternity cover there from 2018 to 2019 on the travel desk. Um, and at the Telegraph, women got paid 35% less than men on average, which is kind of bonkers. You know, we're, okay, we're 2021 now. This was 2019. But still. But it's 21st century, yeah. 35% less for doing the same job. Um, and, you know, I, I that aside, it was a wonderful place to work, the Telegraph. Uh, and the chief executive, Nick Hugh, you know, he acknowledged the pay gap. He said it was unacceptable. So he said all the right things. And he said that the Telegraph was committed to closing the gap to zero by 2025. So it's fantastic. But I'm also thinking, hang on a minute. The guy next to me is getting paid more for doing the same role as I'm doing. And it's going to take to 2025 to us to be on equal salaries. That also is mind boggling. So I think that's a massive thing um, for females. Um, starting off in the industry, and I would say this doesn't happen now, but it was certainly something I experienced when I was a lot younger. And now if it did happen, I would react in a totally different way. Um, so my second job after working at the BBC, I worked for a very small lifestyle company, Fresh Direction Media. They were in Primrose Hill. It was such a small company. There was the publisher who was a, a male. There were two men and myself, so a team of four. Mm -hmm. But every time the publisher, who was the owner, he was a he was a very strong character. If he wanted a sandwich bought for his lunch in lovely Primrose Hill, who did he ask? You ate it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Even he needed a prescription picked up from the chemist. Chemist, okay, can you run out and pick this up for me? He needed the post office. Anything. Um, never the men. It was me. So it's just that sort of of quality, but yet still expecting you to churn out stories and get exclusives and that kind of thing. But I think really for women, it's the, the, the pay issue. Did you ever feel, I know, and, and I, I know you said now you, you're realizing, you know, how, how crazy that was, but did you ever feel at that time that, you know, you, you kind of feel like you're, because you're the female, you're being the ones, do, you're the one doing the errands, you're the one doing the dirty work. Yeah, I was very aware of it. Um, and as I said, if it happened, I was in my early 20s then, if it happened now, I would say something back and say, actually, my role is uh, an editor or a writer, um, not, you know, every day doing your errands or something like that. Or, hey, I did them yesterday. I might say, why don't you ask one of the guys today? I had something I'd probably handle it now. But I didn't at the time. I thought like probably like a lot of females wow, okay, you're finally living your dream. You're living in London. I was renting in Shepherd's Bush. You're living in London. You've got a job in media. Be grateful, be grateful. Don't mess it up kind of thing. So, yeah, it's just a different... But as I said, I don't think you'd be asked... That people could get away with that now. It's just a different era. Yeah, it, it is. But it, it's still, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling that, you know, it's, you know, it's 2021 and there's still pay gaps between male and female. Um, and what's even more uh, terrible is that, you know, they're saying that, as you say, by 2025, it's it's almost yeah. like, um, you know, governments around the world want to end or, or want to get a grip uh, with uh, carbon emissions by 2040. That's too late. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Need some urgency is needed. Yes. And look, you know, I... 
I've always been a very strong uh, advocate of of female rights and women's rights, and yeah. I, I really and honestly truly believe that you you should and you need to be treated the same as men. So you should be getting paid the same for what I'm doing, for example, as a journalist or as a presenter or as a copywriter or whatever. Um, you know that you shouldn't be discriminated based on. Very aware, actually, from all your from your social media and your, <laughs> your tweets, how you know you're you're the biggest champion of of female equality. Well, someone has to be, you know. And look, yeah. one of my one of one of my fellow uh, colleagues um, that I used to actually work with um, on radio, uh, Michelle Thiel. Now she was actually on Sky News uh, earlier today because um, she was talking about. Um, the, the female um, the female rights and how and you know how females feel uh, threatened in, in London and all of that anyway uh, yeah. she was actually her and her friends were actually a victim of of a, a terrible thing that happened on a, on a tube um, oh gosh which I didn't even know which shocked me um, but you know I, I replied back I replied back to her post because she she reposted uh, her interview from Sky on her Twitter account. And I said to her, look, you know, I, you know, well done for speaking out about this. You know, the more the more women and, and girls speak out about this, the more awareness is, is and will be made from this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. and I, it's it's yeah, it's it's terrible. What you know, how females are treated, not just in their workplace, but I mean, you know, females can't even go out and visit friends or have a drink without having that that thought in their mind. You know. Yeah. Am I going to be safe walking in the streets? Am I going to get home okay? Yeah. 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 It's shocking we're even having this conversation still. It is. Yes, it is. Because you would think, again, a place like London, you would be safe. I mean, I lived in London and, you know, you also live in London. So you, you, we both know what, you know, how, how the situation is in London. So it's, it's, it's sad, but, and very sad. I, I, I. Um, this is probably quite controversial, but no, I actually don't worry. Think, you, you've got a platform. Don't worry. <laughs> I think, you know, especially as we're all seeing across the news, the tragic news of, of Sarah mm. Everard happened. Do I think that would have happened out of lockdown? Yes. Yeah. That, not saying that wouldn't wouldn't have happened, but I personally think that um, lockdown has exasperated all these things because. I live in Brixton, South London. Um, I know you know it, Wade. It's a mm-hmm. buzzing, buzzing area. Yeah. Right now, it's like a ghost town. Um, and I actually had a horrific incident, you know, but I'm one of the lucky ones. I had um, two guys violently jumped on me from behind. Jesus. And in, the, in the November lockdown. Sorry, Kate. Yeah, I'm, I live to tell the tale. I'm fine. But, you know, it did put spooks. It was only 8 o'clock, and I'd, I dared to walk out for a go for a walk at dark because I needed exercise. So I've been yeah. working today. Um, and it, I'm not the only one. There's so many of my friends that has, this happened to in lockdown because of course there's nobody around to kind of, even if you holler to even to hear you. Yeah. And so look, I that's, think it's operated in that sense. That's terrible. And I'm, I'm really, I, I, I send my, 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 yeah. all my sympathy <laughs> to you because that's terrible. I'm, and I think also, I think the reason why this has made headlines, not just because of the nature of it, but also because uh, because the news has been focusing on COVID and all of a sudden, 
you know, some girl gets uh, abducted and, yeah. you know, they find her remains. Oh, this is big news. And I, I'm, it's, it's, it's sad and it's, it's annoying that it's taken lockdown or a, a pandemic like what we're experiencing for this to make headlines and for people to be shocked about it. Yes. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I was also a, a, a victim of something almost identical to you in London. Um, oh. Yeah, I, I, it was in the early hours of the morning. Um, I was chatting with a, a friend of mine. And anyway, this, uh, where was it? Uh, Charing Cross. Oh, and, God. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that I think I, I was more surprised because it was, in, it was in a place like Charing Cross, which is very touristy. Um, but this was in the early hours of the morning. And anyway, we were chatting and uh, this this guy came up to us. He, he was on all kinds of uh, medication. And, you know, usually the usually when, you know, people come and ask you for money, you just say sorry or no or whatever. And then they leave you alone. Now, yeah, your head, that kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. And he did that. And then he took a step away. And he turned around and he then asked me, okay, well, where's your phone? Give me your phone. <gasps> so me being me, I said, I'm not giving you my phone. Sorry. Um, I should have given yeah, him my yeah. phone because he then grabbed me and he had his hand in his pocket. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I obviously now I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, I'm going to be a mem I'm going to be a victim of a knife crime in, in London. Yeah. Yeah, you don't know what he's about to produce. Yeah. No, that's the thing. Luckily, um, the guy I was talking with managed to push him away because he had quite a firm grip on my on my arm, and um, yeah, that made me realize, okay, you know, this stuff is real. You know, it's not the police. You, you know, the police and what you see on the news—they're not exaggerating. They really it does exist. Yeah. Gosh, oh my gosh, and but that must stay with you for a long time. It it I'm I'm okay now, but you know sometimes when you think about it, it's like, as I say, maybe I should I should have just given him my phone, you know, and then I wouldn't have been a victim. But, but your phone, it's an invasion, isn't it? It's just a complete exactly. invasion. Yeah, and you don't expect a homeless guy once you've said no to him for cash to turn around and say, "Give me your phone." Yeah. So, but look, you know, it. I've lived to tell the tale, and. It is what it is. I've actually just got an idea. Do you want to hear it? Maybe you, maybe yeah, we can uh, yeah. maybe Go we can uh, join right. ventures on this. We can become business partners. Right, hit me. Hit, tell us, reveal, big reveal. <laughs> you know, you said uh, I'm not the only one. We should yeah. get a T-shirt with females. Females can wear it and have a slow have that saying on it. Yeah. I'm not the only yeah. one. Catchy, sums it up. Like it. Hits the nail right. on the head. Right. Okay. There you go. Yeah, you can thank me later, Kay. Copyright it. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, tell me. Um, obviously, uh, we we touched on um, you know, um, being a a, a you know, what are the challenges of of being a female journalist and also a a freelance journalist. Um, but uh, I remember last year when the pandemic started in in April or March or whenever it was. Yes. And um, I, I remember when the furlough system kicked in and. I think it was Richie, Richie Sunak who said he was giving the list of everyone who was entitled to furlough and freelancers were not entitled. In fact, I think you had to submit 
so much more paperwork than you shouldn't have in order to show the government that yes this is a real job that you have because the whole the whole entertainment industry i know quite a few people who are freelancers who struggled for the first month exactly yeah um and it shouldn't have been like that it should have just been the same as any other furloughed uh employee um that was put onto it it shouldn't be saying that employees are worth more or more valued than self-employed right Uh, i think it personally i found it particularly disappointing coming from a conservative government because traditionally in britain the conservatives have been the the you know championing small businesses championing the self-employed people that don't take the perhaps conventional route that that the entrepreneur entrepreneurs so to speak so for the Conservative government that's supposed to be that party to then turn their back was, yeah, pretty tough, pretty tough. Yes, and, and especially when, you know, you, you're reading all of these these stories on, on Twitter and all over um, the social media of, of people who were singers or were artists or were... Uh, in, tour in guides. The, tour guides, yeah, the theatre. Yeah. Yeah. All of a sudden having to actually physically fight to get paid it was shocking but, but, but still having to pay tax bills mm. still having to pay you know all your bills put food on the table yeah did you did you have any struggles in the beginning um what financially uh or well uh with, or the, with the with with being able to uh, show the government that you need you know you need to be paid yeah i i i fell through all the cracks um ah. my fortunate timing um as you mentioned in your wonderfully glowing introduction i've always had wanderlust and and worked abroad but i moved back to the uk about eight years ago um and i was always self-employed and then i was finally in a position to buy a flat in london which you know is is quite a big deal to actually get on the property ladder in london yeah well, ha- having said so, that having said yeah. that sorry uh I, I was reading today in fact um House prices in London, in central London, have obviously fallen because of the, the pandemic. So, you know, you yeah. might be able to get a, a, a very nice place in um, Bank. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they are falling. Everyone's wanting uh, more outdoor space and bigger properties and all of that, which you don't have in London. Yeah. But um, in a nutshell, yes, I was finally able to get a place. But it turned out that, again, thanks Conservative government, they wouldn't <laughs> give, uh, they wouldn't give self-employed people um, a mortgage. You had to be an employee. It's very, very hard if you're self-employed to get the mortgage approved, even if you prove all your bank statements and you earn whatever a year. So I was at a stage in my life where it was my goal to have a, a property. So I became uh, an employee and so for the two years I was an employee and able to buy a place and get the mortgage, um, and then I went back to being self-employed. But the years they were looking at, unfortunately, were the two years that I was an employee. So I kind of fell through the gaps in that sense. So they'd looked at the eight years previously, or they'd looked at the year 2019 to 2020, which ironically was the year, obviously, before the pandemic hit. They was, they was very restrictive, the um, years they were looking at. And now, now they are saying, finally, at the end of April, they are going to recognise people that were self-employed in the tax year 19, 2019 to 2020. 
Um, but again, I don't want to be too critical because. Okay, I, I encourage you. On my show, you can be and say yeah, whatever you want. You know, they've got their hands full, but oh, they're now on. going. They know that, Kay. They're going. They're finally going to give some payment, but it's not till the end of April. And you, now and you, I'm one of the lucky ones that has managed to still work to a degree, but I've got friends and colleagues that haven't worked since the pandemic broke out in March 2020. They're finally going to get their very first payment from the government at the end of April 2021. That's Jesus. 30 without earning. They need that money now, yeah. not saying we're going to acknowledge it. Oh, but you still got to wait till the end of April. And don't don't you think it's a bit um, it's a bit uh shocking from the government that it's taken them a year to realize and get this approved for freelancers i think they've just got their head in the sand it's been they realize don't get me wrong they realize you've had so many um, mps across all parties you've had the money expert martin lewis mm-hmm. you've had piers morgan when he still had a job on good morning britain <laughs> all been banging the drum it's not news to them they, for whatever reason, a bit like they didn't want to give the nurses a pay rise. They just have a line and they're sticking to it. They know, but yeah. Mm. But when you've given out so much money, what's a few more million really to well, put your own? Exactly. You and look, I'm, I'm, look, I, that's not to say that you know it's it's it was just in the in the UK. I mean, you know, it was also difficult here in, in Amsterdam. Uh, I was in right. um, I was in, in hospital a few weeks ago, and um, it's weird. What happened? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I fell Not down. I fell down, so to speak. So okay. uh, I had to spend a few days in hospital. Um, but I was actually very lucky because, well, I say lucky. I was actually, it was by chance that I actually was sharing my room with a, a someone who's in charge of some of the big events that take place in the Netherlands. And okay. uh, he had something wrong with his stomach or he ate something or something. I don't know. Um, and we, you know, we had this very chat that that we're having now, and he was saying, "Look, you know, it was exactly the same in the Netherlands, but in the Netherlands, the Dutch government realized very quickly that you can't just circle a certain group out; you have to include everyone." Pretty, yeah. You know, it may take it may take a few months later, but you will get your money. Okay, that's very fair. Very impressed. Yes, I, I, so I was like, "Wow," you know. You know, again, maybe it's the Dutch showing everyone how things should be done. I don't know. But yeah. um, apparently freelancers now, according to him, are getting paid from the government and all of that. But you have to you have to actually show them uh, evidence that, you know, like as you said, w- yeah. the time that you worked and all of that. But it's a lot more easier now than when it was when they first started the lockdown. So got there, got there in the end. Mm-hmm. Yes. Perfect. So uh, what is this, you know, I mean, we've been speaking now about the pandemic and being freelance and all of that. What has this pandemic taught you? Has it, I'd love to know this. Um, from a personal, from a professional point of view, a personal point of view, a bit of both. Uh, yeah, a bit of everything. Well, from a professional point of view, and as a freelancer, I, I, I guess I already knew this, but it's just reinforced it even more to me. You have to be flexible and adaptable. Yeah. Uh, as I think you know, my real kind of journalism special specialism is travel, travel mm. journalism. Um, obviously, that has been non-existent with international travel all but banned. So um, you have to be adaptable and flexible and, and pivot. So I've 
gone into copywriting more or other different forms of journalism, even a bit of, dare I say, across to the dark side and done some PR with press releases. So <laughs> while I have managed to still pitch stories, um, I did one about the plight of tour guides for the Telegraph in London. Um, I, I have managed to do some some sort of travel stories, but I've had to very much broaden and pivot um, to just basically pay the bills. So, yeah, I think it's taught me from a professional point of view, nothing is certain. You know, before this, you know, a year ago, I was due to start a contract at the Telegraph. It got cancelled wow. at the hour because of the pandemic. Um, I was almost, I'm going to be truthful with you, I was almost spending money I didn't have because I was buying things. I told you about my new flat. I was mm -hmm. buying things in my new flat and thinking, oh, well, I'll buy them and get them delivered because I'm about to go back to an office job and I won't mm -hmm. be able to here to let a washing machine in or things like that. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of taught me, you know, like I'm going to listen to my um, late grandparents and that. Spend when you have the money in your pocket and you never know what's around the corner. So everything can get flipped upside down just like that and it's how we react to it so definitely being adaptable everybody i know that's managed to kind of keep their head above water to some degree has has adapted that and yeah just tried to pivot a bit so that's one sense and personally do you know what i think i've learned who my friends are True really? that. I, I second that. To say, but you know what London life and any mm -hmm. city life, I'm sure it's the same in the Netherlands. You can be running around the city, meeting this person for a quick drink, or that person one evening, a colleague. Oh, there's a pub quiz. You can have a full on social life. But, you know, when the pandemic hits or when things go wrong, how many of them actually pick up the phone yep. or, or keep in touch? Yep. Um and we've got used to not seeing everybody. And now I'm thinking, gosh, you had this big network, hey? When everything lifts by the 21st of June is the date we're all latching onto, that network will have shrunk drastically. And not only will it have shrunk, I'm fine with that. Whereas five years ago, I'd probably been like, no. But you know what? No, I'm, be I'm happy with a smaller circle. Absolutely. And, and, and you've just hit the nail on the head with that. You know, I, look, I, I hate talking on the phone in general. But I, I, I really, well, you'll be, yeah, I'm, I'm that kind of guy. Look, I do my talking either obviously now on the podcast or when I was on radio, I, I used to, I, I dread when someone phones me because I never know how long that phone call is going to be. <laughs> so, Come on, Wade, if it's boring you, you, got to do, you can wrap it up. Well, I could, but you see, the problem is you know, a lot of people get offended if you, start uh, showing signs of boredom like yep okay yep yep okay yeah cool you know so I, I i used to dread when my phone rang but now obviously as you've said you know the moment you know i i would always prefer to text someone but now i always say can i call you yeah yeah because it's just so nice to hear someone's voice on the phone yeah or to see them on on video so I, I, I second that. Um, and, you know, as you've, as you've said, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head twice now. You know, this, this pandemic has, has taught us not to take anything for granted. I mean, there was, a, there was a, a, a story on LinkedIn a few weeks ago that was making its rounds uh, yep. of this pilot who, you know, landed his dream job, 
all of, and then obviously the pandemic happened and then he had to start delivering Amazon packages and all of that. Uh, and he had kids. So, you know, of what, course, oh, I mean, he had to because. What had a change. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so if anything, this, this pandemic has, has taught us to, uh, to uh, hone our skills, you know, we, you know, not, yeah. and not just focus on just one specific uh, area that we're good at, you know, and I think maybe it's a good thing because when, you know, life does go, life does go back to normal, mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll, we'll realize just how many new skills we've learned that we, ne- that we didn't yeah. necessarily know we had. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I suppose when we go back to normal, um, I think we'll have a sense of gratitude in some ways. Oh, absolutely. I took for granted getting on a plane, being able to book an easy jet flight to Amsterdam, all these things not to think about. Yeah, we'll appreciate them all so much. Yeah. In fact, actually, I was watching a, a tutorial, a, a tutorial, a, a blog yesterday. Um, of this guy called Noel, what was his name? Noel someone. He's a blogger. He's a famous English blogger, and he goes all around the world. He travels flights and he gives reviews. Noel someone, I forgot his last name. Anyway, I, I was, I was. I Google it. Yes, um, Noel. Not Edmonds, is it? No, I don't know. Noel. I know his first name is Noel. Um, is he? Is he um, old? Yeah. He's, I'd say in his 30s. He wears glasses. He's got like reddish no, hair. No, no, that's what I thought. Hang on. Hang on. Let me. Um, inbound inbound flight, his Twitter handle is, I think. Um, hang on. Hang on. I'll find it. I'll, let me find it. Yeah, it's bad thing is we've got to find it. Yes. Otherwise, we just, otherwise I can't tell you the story. Um, no. Phillips? Yes, no. that's it. No Phillips. Okay. Yeah, no Phillips. Ooh, okay. Okay. Uh, wait, let me just double check. Sure. Yes, Noel Phillips. Uh, In flight video is his name. Um, and anyway, uh, I was watching a, a video from last this time last year when everything closed, and uh, he was in Amsterdam because he was doing some work in Scandinavia. Anyway, right. he was he was saying that um, you know he never thought he would be this grateful to be back on an airplane again because he had to wow. he, because obviously. You could only get a day a daily flight from uh, Schiphol Airport to Amst- uh, uh, to Stockholm, and he had to be uh, his journey from London to uh, to Amsterdam was quite a, a trek because he had to take a ferry and all of that. Um, right. You know, and, and he said, you know, it's made him realize just how grateful he is of you know being able just to get on this flight and enjoy. You know, even though the flight was like 45 minutes from Amsterdam to Stockholm or whatever, he was still so grateful about that. The simple, sim- yeah, simple pleasures. Absolutely. And I've been really savoring past trips during the past year and just realizing how lucky I've been to have traveled so far for so long, really. And I've just, I've just taken it for granted. I've just mm. hopped. Took an advantage of an ear of cheap air travel, and I've travelled the world, and now I've been grounded for thirteen months. It's just insane, like like everybody, but it's making me realise what I probably took for granted. Well, exactly. I mean, look, I, I, it's the same as me. I mean, I, 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 I finally became a a UK citizen last year, and then I got my passports. 
I love it. You became a UK citizen. I know. and left. I know. I, well, the funny thing is, I wanted to do a whole a whole year of traveling. That was my plan because obviously beforehand, and I'm sure you have a lot of South African friends. Yeah, you have to wait, don't you, till it all gets processed and through. Yeah, no, the Europe doesn't really like us. I don't know what we've done to them, but anyway. Oh, so, really? Yeah, gee, we need visas for, South Africans need visas for everywhere, apart from South America. So if I was a drug cartel, business would be good for me. Oh, wow. Yeah, South America, even Mexico, we need a visa for. I know you... Um... I don't know if it's still the case. I used to live in the Cayman Islands and I, my housemate was a South African girl and we got rock fever and I said, oh, let's go across to, let's save up and go across to Miami, which was like a 45-minute flight. But she couldn't because she needed some different visa. It was crazy. Yep. No, uh, if, yeah, we need, as I say, we need visas for. Wow. Uh, and, and honestly, I used to be the guy to go to because I used to follow this stuff. Um, right, so all the info, what you need, what country. Exactly. Yeah. So my parents would always ask me, oh, wait, do we need a visa for Cyprus? Yes. Um, Although they're yeah. not part of Schengen, they've got their own laws like the UK. You've got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, so, you know, I finally get my passports. A week before I'm about to embark, everything closes. Oh. Are you kidding me? Oh, wow. All those years of planning and waiting and waiting. Honestly, I felt like, yep, I, I'm truly, I was truly born with bad luck. Yeah. But anyway, look, you know, I made the you'll most of a... Do it, you'll get to do it and it's going to be bigger and better than ever. Well, exactly. And I made the most of a, well, a, a few shit, shit uh, uh, situations, obviously in that and this girl, but, you know, you make the most of it and, you know... And I, look, you, you created new opportunities in Amsterdam. Exactly. So look, you know, you 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 take the bull by its horns and you yeah you ride it. And one of my big things is that there's no there's nothing wrong with trying something and it doesn't work out and saying you know what it wasn't for me. I tried it. I've come back. Yeah. Every time I've gone and moved abroad to whatever country and I've never visited them before and I've never known anyone there. I've had you know friends I grew up with saying, oh my gosh. But how do you know you're going to like China? How do you know you're going to like the Middle East? I don't, but I'd rather give it a go. And worst scenario, it doesn't work out and I tried it than stay put in Watford thinking, oh, well, don't know. Maybe I should, you know, don't, yeah. you never know what's out there. So, yeah, give it a go. You can, don't have to be for, it doesn't have to be for life. Well, exactly. And that's something my, my parents, it's, it's a bit of an extreme example, but it's something my parents used to say to me because I'm a very fussy eater. And my parents... I- my parents, yeah, I believe it or not, I'm a very fussy eater. And my parents used to say to me um, when I was a kid, how do you know you don't like tomatoes? You know, you've never tried it. Ah, At least if you try it, yeah. if you don't like it, then you can say you don't like tomatoes. So, yeah. you know, it, it's a bit of a, a far extreme example of, of what you gave. But, yeah. But, no, I get it. I get it. So, yeah. tell me, um, you. I mean, you, you said, you know, your passion is traveling and all of that where has been the most exciting place you've you've traveled to oh that is a tough question um (laughs) do you know i'm so impressionable that wherever my latest destination was is where i'm kind of then caught up with but the tough place did you say uh the or the what was uh the, the 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 best place you've you've traveled to 
best place. Mm-hmm. Best place. I, I, do you know, I've got a passion for South America. And it sounds like it's one of the few places you can go with the visa-free hassle. But, yeah, I think I'm a Latino at heart, really, Wade. I love, um, yeah, I love that whole continent. I'm particularly taken with Buenos Aires, the capital of Argentina. Um, it's not like other uh, South American cities in many ways. It's got a real European... Very modern, yes. European kind of flavour. But it's it's gritty. It's glamorous. Um the tango, you know, I've got a passion for football, but they've got a passion for football. Um, and it's the real joy de vivre. There's a kind of classic saying about an Argentine, for every peso they earn, they'll spend two pesos. Mm. So, but I loved that attitude about them, that the cafes and streets were always packed at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock on a Tuesday night, whereas back in Britain, we'd all be probably hunkered down in front of EastEnders and then tucked up in bed by 10. You know, they, they, they've got more public holidays than any other country. They live life and they are passionate. There's always a protest. Um, but I love that. You know, it was real passion for life. I loved it. Well, I, 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 I share the same uh, with you because I've always been very attracted to uh, Chile. Oh, um, and people yeah. always say to me, Chile. Chile, yeah. Well, it's because I, I, I'm, I'm attracted to Chile because it's, as you say, just like with Argentina, it's always been a very stable country in regards to the, in regards to the economy, um, and they always seem to be inventing things. So, and I've always been, in, in, I've always been intrigued by that. Um, so yeah, I've always been intrigued yeah. by places like that. Yeah. And the landscapes in Chile, you know, you've got everything, haven't yeah. you? It's unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. And also, I think you know, having 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 to experience uh, earthquakes on almost a daily basis there, you're kind of like a superhero. Yeah. yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah, good shout. So, lastly, uh, what's uh, what's in store for for you in the next months? Obviously, as we come out of um, lockdown, have you got any? Exciting news that you want to share with us? Come on, tell us, tell the audience. Well, I mean, <laughs> for me, on a personal level, it's simple pleasures. I can't wait to see more than one friend in a park. I can't oh, wait. Oh, yes. I can't wait. You know, we're Brits. I can't wait on April the 12th to be in a pub garden <laughs> with six friends. That's going to be, that is going to feel like a proper party almost. I've not been able to see anyone for a year. Um Professionally, I mentioned earlier about pivoting and adapting. Um, so one of the things I've actually done during lockdown is I've launched a copywriting company called Away With Words um, with a friend and former colleague from The Telegraph, Theresa Machen. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we just, half it was just having to pivot and having to like just take a bit of control back. You know, so much got taken away from us and we had to take control back. Um, but it's going well. It, it's been very tricky. I mean, I'm mad. Who else launches a, a business, right? In the, well, you do. <laughs> Who else launches something in a pandemic? But um, yeah, it's going well. There's some feelers out. We've got quite a lot of work now coming in. It's quite a couple of months, January and February. But work is really beginning to trickle in from March and April. So I'm very excited, very positive about that. And um, yeah, hoping to see that sort. And I'm sure it's gonna. I'm sure it's gonna thrive. I mean, I'm not just saying this because I'm talking with you, but I mean this in general. 
you know you and just listening to your to your to your story you you are a incredibly intelligent uh, 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 female and i'm i'm almost certain you know just with any of the work that you have done this uh, this company is going to thrive i mean i'm on the website now and it's very oh, impressive look at you. Fab. thanks wade thank you well a bit like you with lab you know you're another go-getter aren't you you want to do something you make it happen I think that's kind of the thing, isn't it? You can't dream it. You've actually got to make it happen. Well, exactly. But uh, I started Amsterdam Lab mainly because I was just getting extremely irritated with with people uh, who said they knew radio and how radio works, but they really didn't. So I, I was getting really annoyed with management because, you know, after every second or third show that I would do, I would get suspended because, you know, I would say something. Ah, okay. And it's it's really it's frustrating because you know you're you're trying to build a a a, a product, and then yeah. they take it they they break it down from you, and then you 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 go back on air again, and you have to start start again, and then after the third show, they break it down. And it's not like I do it on purpose. It's just, you know, if you listen to radio, and I've I've. You know, if, if if you follow my uh, my yeah, my, yeah, yeah, my tweets, I'm yep. I don't hold my my I don't mince my words when it comes to radio. No, no, you're you're very um straight, outspoken, straight. You know, very straightforward. Yeah. Which yeah. is why I started this because you know if you listen to radio in the UK, in fact, the only radio station I listen to in the UK is LBC because that's oh, where yeah. the conversation is, and there's such a yeah. a, div- a diversity and and uh, uh, so much content on that station. And a variety of stuff, you know. It, not every show is the same, um, but I've always been a fan of talk radio. Um, I've never really been a, a fan of music radio, but you know. Yeah. I, so, I started Amsterdam Lab mainly because of that, because of, I was getting so irritated with with management. But also, I wanted to give the chance to young, creative, uh, talented individuals who don't necessarily get the opportunity because radio is so supposedly yeah. uh, um um what's the word they use um quite it's traditionally whether it's true or not now i don't know but it's thought of as being quite limited isn't it? not particularly diverse yes not a lot of opportunities yes which which uh, look i don't want to harp on this too much because i've spoken about this many times on my show and on social media and to every other pe- person that meets me um but you know, I don't understand that because if you listen to radio, and it's even here in the Netherlands, it's all this—it's all formatted the same. So it's almost very predictable, and it's almost the same format where they play three songs in a row. They give me a time update, even though I have a phone. Yeah. They tell me what yeah. the weather is, even though I have a phone. Yeah. And then yeah. they play three more songs again. Yeah, yeah, very <laughs> very formulaic. Yes. And I needed to break away from that because my show was very similar to what I was doing. Obviously, it involved music and all of that, but it was very similar to what I was doing. And uh, after a few after a few years of having to try and trying to build something and trying to tell management what was relevant and what is not relevant, you just kind of get bored. It's kind of like a relationship when you have to tell your other half. It's just stale. It's not working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I started this. But look, I think this 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 uh, this company that you and your your partner have started, your co partner, 
is going to thrive. Um, if you want more information, you can go into awwcopywriters.com. So away with words, but don't type away with words. awwcopywriters.com. Go have a look at the website. It is very professionally done, of course. But uh, I think this, this business is going to thrive. Um, if you want more contact details, obviously all the contact details are on the websites. Um, and um, yeah, if you want to follow, um, if you want to follow Kay on all sorts of uh, social media accounts, she's everywhere. She's on Twitter. She's on uh, sh uh, she's on Instagram. Then um, you can follow uh, Kay. I need to get your name on because that's something you see. Ugh, I'm, I'm not professional. It's e. Everybody loves to miss off the e, but it's got an e. Yes, some people think it's like um, Kay Burley, but hey. it's not. Yeah, yeah, no. Now, who cares about Kay Burley? Well, <laughs> yeah, she's having a little break, isn't she, at the moment? <laughs> well, yeah, it's quite a nice break. And she's getting paid for that. Can you oh. believe it? Mm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So uh, if you want to follow uh, Kate, her name, and I love this because you've actually got your name as your handle. You don't have K2018 or K underscore your last name. It's your name and your last name, which is – I. I've tweeted my the you, person who has my name. Oh, you've got the underscore. I've got the you? underscore. I've tweeted Wade Hutchinson, and the last tweet that guy had was like in two thousand and seven. It's like, oh, not fair. He needs to get rid of his account. I know. Yeah. <sighs> but if you want to follow Kay, do yourselves a favor. Please do. You'll you'll learn so much about her. Um, at Kay Holland. So as she said, K A Y E, and then Holland. All one word, K Holland, and uh, I think it's the same for Instagram, correct? Yeah, exactly the same. Good shout. And you'll learn so much about uh, so much about this intriguing, um, uh, 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 intelligent uh, uh, lady that we've uh, been talking to. I am truly uh, uh, indulged by your story. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Wade. It's, I've had a blast. This this is how you spend a Friday night in lockdown. I love it. It's been brilliant. A uh, real pleasure to actually finally, finally connect as well properly. Yes. And, it, yeah, thanks, thanks so much for the time and wish you all the best with your next chapter in Amsterdam. You're too kind. And as you say, hopefully when things get better, um, yeah, now... Uh, now uh, the, the gauntlet's on you now, huh? So no pressure to uh, interview me in London. No pressure. No <laughs> Fabulous. Thanks, Kay. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so nice. much. Thanks, Wade. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. What a terrific, what a terrific lady, huh? Uh, if you want more about Kay and what she's doing, as I say, go into awwcopywriters.com or you can follow uh, you can follow her on all her social media platforms. You can follow her on um, Twitter at Kay Holland and as well on uh, Instagram at Kay Holland. Mm. I am truly inspired, and it's not often I get inspired by people. So there you go. All right, uh, let's get into some news before we wrap things up here on our birthday show. Uh, There's just some headlines I want to uh, get into. Now, um, the embattled New York governor, Andrew Cuomo, uh, has, uh, has found himself under increasing risk of impeachment over allegations of sexual harassment uh, on Thursday when the Democratic uh, Head of State's Assembly, until now, uh, greenlighted a formal investigation of claims that he has actually sexually harassed um, people at his, uh, at, his, at, his, at his office. 
Now, uh, since the end of February, Cuomo, whose third term is due to expire in 2020, has been under scrutiny for f uh, after five women accused him of sexual harassment or inappropriate behavior. But on Wednesday, uh, the Times Union, a newspaper in the state capital, Albany, reported explosive claims that Cuomo had put his hand under the blouse of a fellow staffer and touched her aggressively at the end of 2020 in his private residence. Jesus. I, I still believe this guy is just a white version of Tiger Woods. Honestly, because we all know Tiger Tiger's such a hound dog. He's just literally the white version of Tiger Woods. It's terrible what he's doing. But uh, yeah, I'd, someone someone in the in the in the in in the Democratic House needs to wake up and take action about for this because you can't keep delaying this and delaying it and delaying it. And it's 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 annoying that we're having this this uh, this chat and we're talking about this in 2021 of sexual harassment. It's it needs to stop. It, it's, I'm getting sick and tired of this. It needs to stop. We need to start treating females equally and respectfully. Now, uh, this is very, um, this is very interesting. Now, um, Joe Biden says he hopes that America can mark independence from COVID on the 4th of July if people get vaccinated. Uh, he said he would order he would order states to make all adults eligible for vaccinations by May the 1st. Uh, he also sets a target of, of administering 100 million vaccinations by his 100th day in office. Uh, he said yesterday this target would be reached by, uh, by and on day 60. Mm. Now there's an ambitious target, huh? Let's see if that works out. And uh, nurses. Now this 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 made headlines last week because um, uh, nurses in the UK that work for the, the the National Health Service, they were supposed to get a a one percent pay rise. Shocking, huh? Well, now they may get a two percent pay rise. Now, uh, they could increase, uh, nurses' pay could increase by more than 2% under government plans to defuse mounting controversy, according to the Times. A government source said it was a matter of when, not if, the current 1% offer is increased, adding that ministers are considering a raise of more than just 2.1% proposed by the NHS. You know what? Sc screw, your, screw your raise, and all the nurses should be saying this. Screw your wage, uh, your 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 increase. Screw your 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 rise. Seriously, that is disgusting. The amount of, the amount of uh, stuff, these nurses have to put up with on a daily cases, not just COVID, on a daily case, even before pandemics, the the, the pandemic started. Drunk people, being uh, threatened at their work. Honestly. If I was a nurse, I would say, screw your raise. Shout up your ass. That is disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Now, obviously, with the news of, uh, of that poor girl, Sarah, 
uh, whose body whose body's remains were found in a in a county uh, of Kent today. Very sad news. Uh, Paul Paul girl and Paul her Paul family. So sad. Now Boris Johnson is under pressure to take action to ta- uh, to tackle male violence and make the UK safer for women. In the wake of a oh, in the wake of uh, the disappearance of uh, Sever of of Sarah uh, Everard. Now, during the annual International Women's Day debates in the House of Commons, uh, female MPs told stories of the harassment they had faced and called for tougher action from the government. Uh, when the police, crime, and sentencing, and court bills returned to the House of Commons, again, you shouldn't need to be having these conversations. In the House of Commons, uh, women should be able to walk around freely and safely and not being paranoid or threatened or anything like that. I, I can't. Why are we having this conversation? Fuck's sakes. Seriously. Men, men, are, uh, men. I, I, 80% of men. And I, I, it's, it's probably it's probably higher than the figure, but I, I'm being kind. Eighty percent of men uh, are, are just really disgusting and shouldn't even be allowed to uh, to walk in, in the streets. It's it's disgusting how we make how we make and feel women, and how we make and treat women, and how we make them feel. <sighs> I can't believe we we have this conversation. It's it's. Uh, not on, not on at all. And uh, lastly, in the news, a bit of good news. We all need a bit of good news, huh? Jesus. Uh, now, the, the, the Netherlands is pressing ahead uh, with the use of the AstraZeneca coronavirus jab, uh, Health Minister Hugo de Jong has said. And of course, he'll say this. He'll he'll approve anything because he's he's in need of a job, so he'll he'll approve dog shit if he has to. Now this is in the wake of Denmark's decision to stop it temporarily because of blood clots and various patients. Now according to our experts, he said there is no reason to stop. Uh, he goes on to say that it's a good vaccine. Uh, the Danish authorities have said that it's not clear uh, that there is a link between the clots and the vaccine but there is a rare but possible side effect linked to the drug. Uh, the Netherlands, in the Netherlands, uh, 264,000 people have so far been vaccinated with AstraZeneca. And, that's, and that total is set to reach 1.6 million by the end of this month. Uh, the, vaccine is, the vaccine in the Netherlands is being given the healthcare worker, has been given to healthcare workers, people aged 60 to 64, and people with Down syndrome and uh, morbid obesity. In fact, I think even Germany has uh, has said we given the we're going to give the the AstraZeneca uh, AstraZeneca um, vaccine. They've given it the green light. So l- at least some good news to um to end the week off. I just can't believe we're having this conversation in two thousand twenty one about females' rights and equal pay, and it's just, it's insane. 
but as I said to my to my fellow colleague, a, a colleague I used to work with at, at at the radio station, you know, the more the more females and girls talk out and speak out about this, the more action is done. So you need to, girls, ladies, you need to speak out about this. You've got a platform. Use social media. Speak out about this. Raise your voice, because without your voice, this is not gonna. It's not gonna change anything. Anyway, have a terrific weekend, everybody. We'll be back on uh, Monday. And uh, five months old, huh? Who would have thought? Five months ago, I would have had this crazy idea to start a a company. But we've done it. We're five months old. And uh, here's to the next five months. And here's to the next ten years. Have a sexy weekend. Look after yourselves. Look after everyone else. And we'll chat on Monday.